Welcome to Drinks at Work from Boothby with Sam Bygrave. That's me. We've had a month off the podcast and it's been quite a busy month. I mean, hitting every takeover across eight nights of the Maybe Cocktail Festival really did keep the schedule full, but I am stoked to be back with a new episode, the 40th episode of the podcast. My guest on this episode is Mitch Townsend. He's a longtime bartender who has worked in some of Melbourne's best bars, Gin Palace, Nick and Nora's, and Beneath Driver Lane among them. And in April last year, Mitch took on the role of Florida Kanye brand ambassador for Australia, New Zealand, and interestingly, Japan as well. I spoke to Mitch earlier this week after he'd wrapped up two days at the big Tokyo Bar Show in Japan, and we're talking about his career and the advice he can offer, but we're also talking about the Florida Kanye Sustainable Cocktail Challenge, which is open for entries right now. He's got some great tips for that too. This episode is sponsored by the Florida Kanye Sustainable Cocktail Challenge, so before we get into the interview, here's a quick message from the brand. For the third year running, premium rum brand Florida Kanye has kicked off its Sustainable Cocktail Challenge to find the next champion of sustainable and delicious drinks. Registrations are open until June 15 for the Australian selection and bartenders must register their cocktail creation online at www.floridacanyachallenge.com. More information about the challenge can be found on the website May the Best Bartender Win. I think it's also worth noting that the Australian winner will go on to Nicaragua and the global final in February 2024 and compete for the title of Florida Kanye World's Most Sustainable Bartender and win a $10,000 US dollar prize. Head to www.floridacanyachallenge.com for more information and remember entries close on June 15th. Okay, now my chat with Mitch Townsend. Mitch Townsend, thanks for joining me on Drinks at Work from Boothby. Thanks very much for having me, Sam. Pleasure to be here. Uh, you've got a really super interesting job, and I'm talking to you right now. Uh, I'm in Sydney. You are an hour behind me, but in Tokyo. Uh, what are you doing right. over there at the moment? Uh, I was just here for the Tokyo Bar Show uh, the last couple of days. Um, yeah, had a little booth there, spreading the, the good word of Florida Kanye. Yeah, and you've got kind of, uh, I reckon, a unique ambassador title. You're the Florida Kanye ambassador for Australia, New Zealand, and Japan. Can you tell us how that thing came about? The Japan part? Yeah, kind of a lucky uh, coincidence, I guess. When I uh, took this role on in April uh, last year, they just launched in Japan as well. We just secured an importer at that time. Uh, on my resume, I mentioned that I can speak a little bit of Japanese. So they were like, oh, why don't you, you know, we'll have a meeting with the team. If, if they get along with you, then you can go over there and do the competition over there for them and take that on as well. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's amazing. Can I just, before we get into things, Tokyo Bar Show sure. is one of the oldest bar shows and it's massive. Can you tell us a little bit about the atmosphere there that you've been there? Yeah, yeah for sure. So this was their seventh year, I believe. Uh, obviously, they had a you know three-year hiatus due to coronavirus. Mm. So uh, yeah, really good to be back. They came definitely came back with a bang. It's one of the most amazing you know bar shows I've personally been to. Yeah, um, yeah, some phenomenal stands, some really good you know international guests, speakers. Um, there was a few little competitions as well more sort of local Japanese ones than the international ones. There was a big flare competition on the first day, which was pretty fun to watch. Awesome. That's still, that's still alive and kicking over here. Yeah, bring <laughs> back the flare, I say. <laughs> yeah, mate. Well, that sounds amazing. Um, it's really good to chat to you. We're going to chat to you too because uh, Florida Kanye does have uh, the Florida Kanye Sustainable Cocktail Challenge, which I believe is open now. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Yes, but before we get to that, I'd like to talk to you about um, what's, the, what's the Mitch Townsend origin story? How did you get to be working in bars? Um, yeah, that's uh, also a bit of a fun one. Uh, being a you know food and beverage writer, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the movie Ratatouille. Yes, of course. Uh, when I was in high school, <laughs> I was a big fan of that film, and uh, you know, I decided I would like to try my hand at being a chef. You know, I always enjoyed cooking at home with my mom. It was the thing we did together when, we were, when I was a bit younger. Mm. Uh, so I started out doing that, 
um, finished my apprenticeship and then realized that wasn't, wasn't quite for me. It was a bit too high intensity, a bit high stress. Yeah. Uh, and then a friend offered me a job uh, in a hotel as a sort of barista to begin with. Yeah. And they were like, oh, can you make drinks? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can make a Magito and a, and a martini. Sure. Sure. They're like, cool, you're in the bar tomorrow. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, that's sort of how it all started. Yeah. What, never um, looked back? No, not really. I really, I got into chefing because I like seeing people enjoy something that I created, essentially. And you don't really see that as a chef. You just see a pan, a fryer, a grill, a yada yada. But as a bartender, you get that immediate, like, you can see their face as soon as they take that first sip. And they're like, oh, that's delicious. Yeah. Good yeah. feeling. I really like that feeling. Yeah, lovely. Um, mm. Tell us about a few of the bars that you've worked at because you're pretty much mostly Melbourne-based, right? Yeah, yeah, basically. So I originally started in Newcastle and Hunter Valley. Yeah. Um, yeah until I was sort of 19. And then that was sort of, you know, big fish, little pond syndrome. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try my hand in the big smoke. Yeah. Uh, I got very lucky with Melbourne. I, I found an apartment off the Melbourne Bartender Exchange and it turned out to be with Sam Ung uh, when he was oh. at the Black Pearl at the time. So um, driving down from Newcastle, my very first day, he was like, hey, any chance you could uh, help us out at the Pearl tonight? I'm like, <laughs> oh man, I've just driven for 13 hours, but I can't really say no to that question. So no. yeah. Day one, rock star at the Pearl was a really uh, good introduction to the Melbourne hospitality scene, for sure. Yeah. What, um, what are some of the bars that you reckon have made you uh, who you are? Oh, Gin Palace, for sure, would be the, the number one on that list. Um, yeah. Did about four or four and a half years there with uh, the wonderful Trish Brewer, everyone's favorite. Yeah. Tonic Water Ambassador. Sorry, favorite tree ambassador. Uh, yes, learned a lot from there. Um, and after that, I actually opened a small cocktail bar in Japan with the guys from uh, Tramp Bar and like a sort of international exchange program they do. Right. Uh, over in Niseko for a little ski season. Uh, and then after that was Beneath Driver Lane. That was a big jump from, you know, a sort of fancy gin bar, you know, quiet sort of cocktails to a sort of whiskey and blues sort of upbeat venue. Bit of a yeah. venue change, but. It gets quite random really in there too, right? Yeah, yeah, it gets a bit rowdy. gets a bit rowdy. Uh, but it's good. It's a lot of fun. And then after that was uh, at Nick and Nora's with the wonderful Kayla Reed as well. Yeah, and then you moved up to Sydney. The, the guys from Barabar actually asked me to come and help out uh, with their restaurant, the Cash Only Diner, to sort of get mm. that set up for them as I had a bit of, you know, food experience and things like that. So, yeah, came up and opened that for a little bit, and then this job sort of came up. Yeah, tell us how you, how you got the job. You know, uh, so a friend of mine actually recommended me for this job internally through Vanguard and, um, that sort of got me through the interview process and then yeah. it just sort of was the online, uh, online interview and then went from there. Right. We'll, see. well that's handy. I've been mean, trying to get a brand up for quite some time. So <laughs> I think, yeah. Right. Uh, I think before coronavirus, it was very much like I'd get to a final stage interview and then they'd be like, you don't have any marketing experience. So. Right. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you, what do you have to do to get an ambassador gig? What are the things that uh, people are looking for these days? Well, I definitely think having a network is very important. Uh, obviously, public speaking skills also sort of <laughs> come into play quite a bit there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just uh, also having a vast sort of knowledge about liquor and the liquor industry as well, I think are the key factors for a brand ambassador role, for sure. Yeah, when you talk about the network, what is it about the network that's important? Is it and, and why do you need it? Is it because you're, you're going around doing trainings in bars or you've you got to sell as well these days as an ambassador? Or yeah, it? exactly. It's, it's, it's a bit like it's a bit easier to organize, you know, events, trainings, selling things to people that you already know instead of, you know, people find it a bit easier to make time for you, I think, if they already know you. Yeah. And it's like, hey, I'm this new guy that I've never met before. Like, I, I personally, I find if I'm going to, you know, a friend's venue to get something done, it's a lot more streamlined than if I have to go and introduce myself to a new you know, client. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, so it's hospitality sort of, is still like a, it's a who you know kind of business, right? Uh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, what are the skills do you think that you have personally that you've brought to this role and, and are helping you get by in the role, helping you succeed in the role? Ooh, it's a tough one. It sounds like a very <laughs> much like a job interview question, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so what can you offer me, Sam, actually? <laughs> uh, no, honestly, I think, um, yeah, as I said, just interpersonal skills, you know, relationship building are sort of key, key points there. Like, mm. It's never a good idea to sort of bad talk someone or a brand or anything just because you never know who someone might be one day or, you know, a couple of years down the road, that brand might offer you a job as an ambassador. So, yeah. you know, careful, careful what you say to, <laughs> to who. That definitely is a key one. But, um, I, I've always had a passion for cocktails and alcohol. I um, love learning. I went to every masterclass I could. You know, I've done a Hendrix masterclass probably a dozen times. I've done a Benfidic yeah. masterclass probably a dozen times. Yeah. Just keep the knowledge fresh and always try to learn new things when they can. Mm-hmm. When, it, when you think about your job, what, is it, what are the parts about your role and, and being an ambassador you find the most rewarding? Uh, for me... Like you're, you're in cool. Tokyo right now, so that's going to be pretty good, right? Yeah, I mean, the travel is definitely, definitely not a bad one for sure. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, making new friends around the world has been great. Um, with the, uh, the Sustainable Cocktail Challenge last year as well, I got a chance to meet quite a lot of bartenders from all over the world. It was a really great experience right. uh, for networking and things like that. Um, for me, also just trainings, like generally when you have someone that's really interested in what you have to say and then you can see them eagerly, you know, hanging on every word, it's just, it's also a really nice feeling like, ah, you know, makes it worth, worthwhile for me. Yeah. Um, but also the competition, hosting events, you know, bringing people together, having a good time. You get all the feels. What right? it's all about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. What, okay. Before we get into the competition, what's the, what's the hardest part about the job though? Ooh, time management for yeah. sure. <laughs> Organization and time management, uh, looking after right. three countries, you know, it's, it's a bit rough and uh, the, the Japan team here doesn't speak too much English and I don't speak too much Japanese. So there's a bit of a communication translation barrier sometimes mm. that, that can take a bit of time and just sort of activating in each market, you know, simultaneously can be a bit difficult. It obviously can't be everywhere at once. Yeah. And Australia on its own is quite a large country to get around, you know, yeah. five hours from one side to the other on a flight. So yeah. What, yeah, what's it like when the time management is? What's it like when you're uh, giving these trainings in Japan? Are you are you doing the, delivering them in English or are you delivering them in Japanese or a little um, mix of both? Mix mix of both. Um, for the larger ones, we usually get a translator as well, just so there is you know right. very clear communication. My Japanese isn't that good where I can talk you know about the specifics of the aging and you know if someone asks me like the brick count of the sugar cane <laughs> that we use, I'd be like, "Shotoshiranaikido." <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't catch that at all. Um, okay, well, it's let's okay. <laughs> let's talk about the competition. What's what's the thing that makes uh, this Florida Kanye Sustainable Cocktail Challenge different to to other comps that are out there? I mean, I guess the clue's going to be in the name, the sustainability thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah, obviously, you know, promoting sustainability has been quite a hot topic in a lot of competitions over the recent years, for sure. Mm. Uh, it's something that we've been doing, you know, for, for a very long time now. Over twenty years, we've been in fully sustainable and carbon neutral distillery. Uh, so it's something we're very passionate about. Um, but I think for me, the different thing is that it sort of, you know, takes it to the next level of sustainability. Like, you know, everyone's like normal sustainability competitions are like have one, you know, sort of sustainable thing that you're doing and that's it. But like, it, it really makes you think outside the box for this. Every ingredient needs to be sort of locally sourced, sustainably made. 
and it can be interpreted differently i found last year in the competition as well some interesting ones people took it as you know interpersonal sustainability so they made like a very okay. medicinal cocktail that was promoting you know longevity and health within yourself instead of just you know invite like no, oh we're not using a plastic straw today kind of sustainability <laughs> that everyone's been all you know we're using our old limes to make an oleosaccharum yeah like, well it's, it's gonna be yeah. interesting to keep that keep that um that element alive there has been a lot of other companies sort of invest in that sustainability angle, you know, mm, straws sure. and reusing citrus. I mean, uh, what are you guys doing that's going to keep that, you know, keep it fresh and make it more exciting and, I guess, go further and deeper into it? Well, I think the, the competition is the main thing that we're doing as a company to sort of promote that. Um, yeah. We used to have another incentive called uh, Zero Waste Month, which was sort of a similar sort of activation, but you run the drink in your venue for a month. So we've sort of combined the two this year. Um, mm -hmm. And then once you enter the competition uh, on the website, we have a sort of recording of uh, what you're saving per cocktail, like what rate waste you're reducing per ingredient. Right. And then yeah. after the month, we tally the sales volume, and then we work out from that how much waste we've actually saved globally. Wow. So last year, it ended up being 15.4 tons of food waste we saved globally, which was that's a cool. pretty impressive number. Yeah. And that's just over mm. the course of the month that that drinks on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, some okay. venues choose to run the drink for longer. Um, it's entirely up to you. Obviously, we'd love it if you did, but yeah, yeah, the minimum requirement is for the month. Yeah. Okay, so can you just um, pretty simply walk us walk us through the how this thing works? What 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 do bartenders have to do to get involved right now? Um, right now, so basically, uh, all the information is on our website, FloridaCanyonChallenge.com. Uh, just select your country. Uh, the rules and regulations change a bit per market per region. Uh, but yeah, essentially create a, a cocktail with five ingredients, uh, one obviously being Florida Kanya 12 year old, uh, with a minimum of 45 mils. Uh, and then, yeah, just, they all have to be either sort of sustainably focused ingredients or locally sourced ingredients. You know, just try to, try to be creative with what you're doing. You know, if you're going to use an orange liqueur, just make, make a orange syrup out of, you know, like waste oranges in the bar, I'm sure, something like that. Or if you don't use oranges in your bar, go to the next door bar and be like, hey, once you peel all your oranges, you know, doesn't just have to be within your venue, you know, go to the mm. cafe down the road, get their waste cappuccino milk and make a milk punch. You know, use your environment. Don't just think that, you know, this is what I mean. Like it's promoting you to think outside the box, be creative. Walk us through like an example of a great cocktail from last year's challenge that you think sort of really embodies, you know, a winning drink. I guess to talk on this would be probably the, the Australian winner, Tom McHugh from Hazel Bar and Hazel Restaurant and Bar in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, he had a really great concept, uh, in terms of like, obviously story is a really good one with any competition, you know, relating to the brand. The story is quite a good one. So being yeah. a fifth generation company, uh, Tom did a twist on an Irish coffee, essentially, uh, using all products from his restaurant. If your, if your bar is, you know, has a restaurant attached to it, that's a lot easier to sort of get food waste from a kitchen as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so his venue, they actually make their own bread from scratch. Uh, and then obviously at the end of a, you know, week service, you left it with some hard sort of sourdough rinds and that. So they actually inoculate that with the in-house koji and then make a sort of sourdough miso out of that. And then use that to create a caramel. Uh, the coffee was sourced from an organic and sustainable Nicaraguan uh, coffee farmer as part of it. And then he also got a chocolate. So he really did his research on all the ingredients sort of sources. And the chocolate he got was actually from a rainforest uh, rehabilitation cacao farm oh, that nice. uh, sort of had a bird sanctuary on the site. So every sale, a portion of the proceeds went to reforestation, which is another thing Florida Kanye is very passionate about. 
Yeah. And sort of saving some endangered bird species. Yeah, right. And well, I used that chocolate uh, to make a buttermilk foam. The buttermilk was left over from also the production of cream in the kitchen. So everything was entirely closed circle, yeah. recycled in the venue. Yeah. So you got to go to town, basically. Yeah, yeah. Go I mean, town, if you're, it's, it's, it's a global competition with 10,000 US dollars on the line. Like, you want it, you got to fight for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tom Dom did really well. He made it all the way to the global final. Yeah. One of the top four. So That's I'm hoping good. Australia can take it out this year. If not New Zealand, if not Japan, yeah. Well, at least you got you know three dogs in the race. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why is sustainability such a a huge thing for Florida Kana? Because it's you know it's a lot of the the communication. Obviously, the cocktail comp is based around that. What's the mm-hmm. why is it important to the brand? It's just something we've been passionate about um, since essentially since the beginning of the company. You know, several hundred, one hundred and thirty three years ago. Uh, the, the, our location's in a really beautiful, scenic, sort of tropical part of Nicaragua. Uh, and they wanted to sort of keep that preserved. You know, this was sort of begin, beginning of the industrial era when we sort of founded it there. So there's all steam engines and railroads being deployed and, you know, the beginning of all the sort of smog getting spewed into the atmosphere. Yeah. Times. So yeah, I think the, our founder just sort of wasn't a huge fan of that and wanted to sort of keep the planet as green and vibrant and natural as possible. Really? Um, obviously, it's quite an expensive endeavor to to sustainability. The main reason people don't do it is because of the cost. I find the cost and the effort. Yeah. Uh, so to convert a you know current working distillery into a sustainable distillery is you know multiple millions of dollars. Yeah. But we were lucky enough that we sort of had that base when we made our distillery as large as it is, and okay. it's a bit easier if you do it like that. Yeah, like distilleries kind of by their nature though are really resource intensive, and you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's all the wastewater that goes out with it. What are, what are the things that Florida Kanye is doing in that, in that regard to minimize that impact? Uh, so it's pretty clever, actually, how, how we power our stills. Uh, so once you sh- crush the sugarcane, you're left with a bioorganic product called bagas in Spanish, yeah. essentially sugarcane husk. Uh, we use that to power a steam engine. It's obviously very flammable, so we set that on fire. So we're essentially growing our own fuel source uh, as part of the sugarcane production. Yeah. Uh, and that it essentially has enough uh, energy for our whole distillery to run plus a little bit extra. Uh, we've also got a bunch of solar panels on the, the distillery. Uh, we're investing in some hydroelectric, uh, you know, generators at the moment as well. Yeah. Uh, all our water is just naturally from spring, spring wells. Yeah. Yeah. So Nicaragua, <laughs> you've got basically wet and dry season. Six months of the year, it's just raining, raining, seeking, uh, soaking through the earth, you know, getting filtered through that volcanic rock. And then we mm. pump it back up through some, yeah, got about 19 water wells on the property, I believe. Mm. Ah, and so you're saying that that kind of commitment's been there since day dot sort of like the <laughs> obviously the the steam engine sort of was a fairly recent thing like 23 24 years ago i believe right but yeah the, the sort of ideals they've been trying to think of ways to do it i can't actually give you any examples from before that unfortunately but yeah as far as i've been told yeah and so i've, I've got to bring it up because i think it was in 2015 there was Oh, it's on Munchies on, on a Vice site. There was a, there was a story yeah. about uh, Nicaraguan uh, sugarcane workers and, mm-hmm. you know, the conditions in which they worked uh, not being great for like some like chronic liver disease and that's all kidney disease. I'm sorry. Uh, and then there was a lot of chat. There were some bartenders over in the States who were like tipping Florida Kanye down the drain and, you know, kick it off about that. Uh, because from my understanding, it's the, the company that Florida Kanye sources the molasses from was the one that had the problems with the workers. Since that happened, I mean, there was a statement out at the time that said Florida Kanya, you know, has put a lot of money towards discovering the roots of these, this chronic kidney disease mm-hmm. and stuff like that. 
Oh, what, what have you guys done since then to sort of uh, redress that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so to my knowledge, uh, what happened was we actually hired a third-party company to sort of source our labor force. Yeah. Uh, and they were incorrectly paying the staff. So we paid them, you know, the correct sort of local fair wages. I'm not exactly sure the numbers. Yeah. Uh, but then they were sort of holding on to the profits and not passing them on correctly and then overworking and paying, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, so once we got word of this, obviously we cut ties with that company, uh, tried to remunerate everyone that we could. And since then we've implemented a, quite a rigorous sort of code of contact, uh, you know, on-site investigations and checks just to make sure that everything's tipped up because that was a pretty uh, unfortunate isolated yeah. incident at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So what, like, can, can you say like the, you know, workers in the fields there are being tr- better treated now, got more shade, more, you know, better working conditions? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I would say that for sure. Okay. Um, I was lucky enough to meet some of the, the sugarcane hands uh, when I was in Nicaragua earlier in the year. And I don't know, to me, they seem pretty happy. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, what does a typical week look like for you as the ambassador? You know, um, what, is the, what does your job entail? Because people know that, yeah, you got to do trainings and you fly around the world and, and you've got an expense card and all that kind of stuff. But what's like, what's the nitty gritty of the role? Um, man, typical week's pretty hard one, depending on the time of year. As, you know, like, I was in New Zealand last week. I'm in Tokyo this week. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't really have a set schedule as brand ambassadors. You know, you might need to work 14 days in a row and then have a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off and reset and then go somewhere else. But, um, yeah. you know, we all, we all, I mean, I believe we all sort of get set KPIs that we have to achieve, uh, depending on it might be, you know, biannually, quarterly, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but you know, gotta check into some bars, you know, ideally we get some cocktail listings at the moment. This time of year, it's all about the competition. You know, I've just been activating it across Australia, New Zealand, and now Japan. Yeah. Uh, on top of the Tokyo bar show. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of trade events, a lot of drinking. My liver is very sad. <laughs> so, uh, you know, try to, try to get some exercise in when you can try to eat healthy, try to sleep correctly. Mm. Is that easier yeah. said than done? Much, much easier <laughs> said than done. Um, I can imagine yeah, it does. It does get a bit. Uh, tiresome living out of a suitcase but that's yeah. also part of the fun you know you do get to travel a lot see the world i've never taken so many flights in my life yeah. <laughs> How, how's that frequent flyer status for you are you pretty good yeah pretty good actually <laughs> <laughs> um how, really if, good that is definitely a perk <laughs> if uh, uh if if there's young bartenders out there looking like where they can go in their careers um if they wanted to set themselves up for a sustainable career even uh, what would it be some advice for them? Like not necessarily just saying, you know, become an ambassador. Like uh, what other things young people should be doing to sort of set themselves up for a long, varied career? For sure. I think um, try not to move around venues too much. Uh, I see nowadays, obviously after coronavirus, you know, there's a lot of jobs going around everywhere and there's always, the grass is always greener kind of thing. People mm. don't really stick around for more than, you know, six months at a venue anymore. Uh, yeah, what's, a, what's a good length of time? Manager, that was, I think at least one year. In a venue, you should do like, unless there's obviously something horribly wrong with the venue, you're getting underpaid or mistreated or something. Obviously, then yeah. But you know, there's people you can talk to about that to sort of alleviate that ideally. See, see, in my generation, it was like two years, right? So yours is one year, Mm -hmm. and now it's like six months. (laughs) I mean, I I try to stick around for two years as well, but yeah, yeah. like I'd say at least one year at this point for sure is a good sort of starting point. Uh, As I said earlier in the the chat, you know. Don't, don't bad, bad mouth any brands or any other people in the industry, you know, have a quiet yeah. word with a close friend if you want to, but don't, you know, get drunk at a bar and start be like, well, I hate this, hate that. It's not a good look. <laughs> it's not a great idea. You never know who's listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yes, exactly, for sure. And uh, if you also, my other piece of advice would be if you say you're going to go to something like a training or an event or you accept a shift, show up. Like mm. people take notice of that. It's, it's an important thing. You don't yeah. want to be known as the guy that never rocks up to anything. Well, I think it's just, you know, also if you say you're going to do something, do something. It's very simple kind of yeah. advice, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but that means yeah, that you're dependable sure. and people can, you know, if they're looking to fill a role, they know mm. they can trust that person. Yeah. Even if you're hungover, just get up, deal with it. Have a Baraka, have a Red Bull, get on your merry way. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. part of the job, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Last question for you, Mitch. Um, when you yes, walk sir. into a bar, uh, what are the things that make you happy in a bar? What are the things you're looking for? What are the things that sort of give you the warm fuzzies inside? Uh, it depends on my mood, to be honest. Like, yeah. you know, sometimes you want a really nice, beautiful cocktail at a really nice, you know, high-end establishment, carefully made with the you know, zesting as they pour kind of thing. Yeah. Sometimes you just want a cold, cheap, you know, tinny in a shot. Yeah. Depends on the mood, to be honest. Um, I think, you know, the bartenders obviously make a great bar. The atmosphere when you walk in, you can tell, you know, the lighting, the music. And, you know, if there's just a guy like just you know, behind the bar, you know, it's not the best, you know, <laughs> eye contact, nice, happy smile. Yeah. 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 A nice little welcome is like, it goes so far. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very important. Acknowledge uh, that the person's there. Be like, how you going, mate? Two seconds or whatever you need to do. Yeah. And where are you off to next now? You're, you're in Tokyo. How What's next? Uh, I'm in Tokyo for another couple of days. Then I've got another cocktail festival in Fukuoka in the south of Japan. Very excited. Never been. So should be a bit of fun. And then after that, I am coming back to Sydney. How how much of your time are you spending in Japan? Um, Out of the year, it's about eight weeks. That's cool. What about New Zealand? Is that the same? Like, do you have... You spent a lot of time. Yeah, in about the same. Um, they're, they're still a little bit uh, reeling from coronavirus last year, so I didn't actually get to able to go across. Yeah. Uh, but this year I've been over a couple of times already. I think I'll be two more times throughout the year as well for the New Zealand final, and then we have a sort of trade show with our distributor over there as well. Cool. All right, well, yeah. exciting stuff. Um, well, thank you very much for talking to us. I appreciate your candor. I appreciate uh, you your advice me. as well. <laughs> Absolutely, my friend. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks to Mitch for the chat and thank you to you for listening. If you're enjoying this episode, please share it with a friend or give it a rating on your podcast app of choice. Until next time, this has been Drinks at Work from Boothby.